doesn't love a good top 10 list? Well, I'm about to give you my personal top 10 available, affordable bourbons. So stick around. So before we get started, we got to cover some basic information. First off, these are my personal favorites, okay? Recently, we did the top 10 list that was crowdsourced and some of y'all got upset that Knob Creek was left off or whatever. And so I decided if you guys are that interested and so many people thought that that was my personal list, maybe I'll just do my own personal list. So that's what we're doing. The second thing is there's no particular order. I'm just as happy drinking one of these whiskeys as another. It just depends on my preferences for the day. The third thing is, is when I say limes, I'm not suggesting that those are the only products that are made by that brand. I'm sharing with you the brand lines that I personally buy, okay? So if I leave some out, you don't need to comment below and say, oh, you forgot to include, you know, the 1890 from the Old Forster line or whatever. I know they exist. I'm just telling you which ones I buy. If you prefer different expressions than I do, neither one of us is wrong, and that is totally okay. Also, the prices are my local prices. Prices vary, different states, different tax rates, different distribution costs, so on and so forth. Uh, my tasting notes are my personal opinion. You may agree, you may disagree. If you taste something different, that's totally okay. Again, neither one of us is wrong. And if my list doesn't match yours, don't get upset. You can do your own top 10 video. Now, let's get started. Number one, Elijah Craig. Elijah Craig is made by the Heaven Hill Distillery. The two lines that I purchase are the Elijah Craig Small Batch, which is $29.99 in my market, and is 94 proof. I also frequently purchase and drink the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. That is $73.99, and the proof varies, but they're typically in the low 130s. The profile for me is a purple grape flavor. I don't think it actually tastes like the grape. It tastes like grape drink or something like that, right? I also get a bit of cherry and on all Heaven Hill products, I get a little bit of a toasted nut flavor. Uh, so it can be a little bit nutty. Uh, the factoid for the Elijah Craig is that the Elijah Craig story of the Baptist minister being the father of bourbon is absolute marketing BS. The truth is, is that whiskey being made in Kentucky being called bourbon was probably a result of the Terrascone brothers. They were basically wholesalers of the day, although the licensing wasn't set up like that yet. And they were bulk purchasing white whiskey from local distilleries. And they had a, a facility that was actually on an island in the river. And they would uh, put that whiskey inside of barrels, put it on barges, float it down to New Orleans. And by the time I got down there, it had interacted with the barrel and the whiskey tasted better to people. And it was from Bourbon County. It was marked as Bourbon County on the barrels when it was shipped. And chances are pretty good that that's where the word bourbon came from. Number two, we have Old Granddad. The distillery is Jim Beam Distillery. The lines that I like to purchase are the Bottled and Bond, which is $22.99 in my market and 100 proof as all Bottled and Bonds are. Uh, the other one that I have and is featured here today is the Old Granddad 114. It is only $24.99, one of the greatest examples of a bump in proof without a huge bump in price. It is 114 proof, that's why it's called Old Granddad 114. The profile for me is orange zest 
and peanuts with the red skins on them. There's a hint of that red skin bitterness that's mixed in with the nut flavor. The factoid about Old Grandad is that uh, the, the gentleman on the label is Basil Hayden, which is another product that's made by Jim Beam. Uh, Basil Hayden is the exact same whiskey as Old Grandad, except it is on average two years younger and it is only 80 proof. So in one case, it's 20 proof points off. Uh, in the other case, it is 34 proof points off and it cost twice as much. So as you can imagine, I do not buy Basil Hayden. Third, we have Wild Turkey 101. The distillery is the Wild Turkey Distilling Company. This is its own line. There are other versions of this whiskey. One other is going to be featured. Uh, but Wild Turkey 101 is $19.99 for $7.50 in my market, and it is 101 proof, hence the name. The profile that I get on Wild Turkey is cherry. And the factoid is that Wild Turkey uh, was a, the brainchild of Austin Nichols Corporation. Uh, and one of the executives had brought bourbon samples for his friends to taste while they were on a turkey hunting trip in 1940. The friends kept asking for that wild turkey bourbon. And by 1942, the executive had launched the brand. And here we are today drinking this wonderful whiskey. Number four is Maker's Mark. Uh, it is made by Maker's Mark Distillery. The lines that I frequent are the regular Maker's Mark, which is $21.99, and it is 90 proof. I also am a huge fan of the Maker's Mark 101, which is $34.99 at 101 proof, hence the name. And I do like the Maker's Mark Cash Strength, which is $37.99, and the proof varies because it is barrel proof. On its profile, I get orange candy slices. Remember those those candy slices that are like, they're like gummy worms, but they're in the shape of an orange slice and they taste like orange, but not exactly like orange. That's what I get as the main tasting note. Uh, unfortunately, this is a private select, which is a finished version, um, but the ones that I most frequent are the ones that are the regular bourbon that are not finished. A uh, factoid about Maker's Mark is that um, when it was originally formed, um, they had consulted with Pappy Van Winkle, who owned the Stitzelweller Distillery because Bill Samuels was friends with Pappy, and they actually gave the mash bill to Maker's Mark for them to make good wheat whiskey. They even shared the yeast, but the head distiller decided to use his own family's yeast, so the yeasts are different, but the mash bills are the same. Um, and as, after the product became popular, they patented the red dripping wax. And so there are no spirits bottles that are allowed to have red dripping wax on them. And if they do, they get sued. And later, the, the family that helped start Maker's Mark, the Van Winkle family, released a Van Winkle that had red dripping wax on it. There was, it was a very small release. It got sent out to liquor stores. Maker's Mark ended up suing Julian Van Winkle and they ended up pulling the product off the shelves, but not before a few bottles were sold to the public. And that bottle of Van Winkle has become one of the most highly sought after bottles in all of the whiskey collecting world and is generally referred to as Lawsuit Pappy. Number five, Old Forester. It is made by the Old Forester Distilling Company. Uh, the two brand lines that I purchase most frequently are the 1920, which is $55.99 at 115 proof. 
and the 1910, which is $49.99 and is 93 proof. The main difference besides the proof is the 1910 is double, double barreled because there was a distillery fire at Old Forester in 1910 and they needed to rebarrel the whiskey to protect it. Um, and after they dumped it from the second barreling, everybody seemed to like the characteristic that the double bearing barreling added to the, the whiskey. So it became something that they released in the future in their distillery row series. Um, what I get from the profile on all Old Forester products is bananas foster. Just think about a caramelized banana, uh, hit it with the torch, boom, liquid version of that in this bottle. The factoid of Old Forester is it's the longest continually operating U.S. distillery. They opened in 1870. They had a medicinal permit during Prohibition, so they were allowed to operate all through Prohibition. Uh, this whiskey is originally named after a doctor that used to prescribe it because Old Forester was originally marketed basically as medicinal whiskey, and they were able to do so and gain a lot of market share because they were the first whiskey that was exclusively bottled in individual glass bottles. Back in the 1870s, that was very uncommon because mass production of glass had not started yet. And it was very expensive to have hand-blown glass bottles for every single you know, bottle that you wanted to release. So most people sold their whiskey in barrels. You went to the pharmacy, you filled your own bottles back up. But because it was sealed at the distillery, the medical community felt more comfortable prescribing this whiskey to its patients because they knew it hadn't been tampered with. And that is part of the reason why they got a medicinal permit and we're able to operate all the way through Prohibition. Hey, Bourbon Real Talk, Randy Sullivan here with some very exciting news. We have new merch just in for all of your whiskey aficionado needs. We have Glen Travel Cases. Now, these were custom designed. Uh, Lindsay had to work this out with the manufacturer to get them just the right size. There are two different sizes. You can buy them empty without the glasses in them. They're $28 a piece, or you can buy them with Bourbon Real Talk Official full-size Glens. But there's more. We also have the Wee Glen size, and these are perfect for when you're going to a bottle share or you're traveling, you wanna throw something in your suitcase. So that's very exciting. So with the Glens, they're gonna be 48. Without the Glens, they're gonna be 28 because I know a lot of you already have glasses. And do not worry, the standard Glencairn size glasses fit in both the full size and the Wii. In addition to that, we have finally gotten in our Glen toppers. So if you've ever been to a bottle share and you are walking around and talking with people, especially if you've purchased one of our lanyards, you're gonna want one of these bad boys. It's got a little rubber gasket on it. If you are setting up for a tasting and people are going to be coming over later, this is very convenient to keep things out of the whiskey so that you can pre-pour, but it also keeps you from spilling in public. So go check that out as well. And for those of you who do not like to drink your whiskey neat, you like to drink out of a rocks glass, we now have Bourbon Real Talk Official etched rocks glasses for you available on the website. Number six, Russell's Reserve, also produced by the Wild Turkey Distilling Company. Uh, they have two brand lines that I frequently purchase. One is their 10-year shelf available product at $38.99, and that's released at 90 proof. And their other is like this one, which is their single barrel, which is $54.99 and released at 110 proof. The profile I get on this is orange peel, cherry, and peanuts occasionally. I don't always get the peanut flavor. And uh, Wild Turkey 
is a little bit different in their aging. So the factoid for them is that they have 15 floors in their aging facility. And uh, Russell's Reserve usually comes from the floors uh, five through 10, and there's a good reason for that. With them being so tall, the barrels at the top experience more heat and evaporate water. And the water is heavier in the atmospheric air and floats down to the bottom of the warehouse where the barrels on the first four floors drink that water back up and it lowers the proof. Wild Turkey's barrel entry proof is only 110 and Russell's is a 110 proof bottling. So if they picked barrels from the first few floors and the proof dropped, they can't make it Russell's because there's not enough alcohol content in there to put it in a Russell's label. Conversely, the barrels that are at the top age too fast to become Wild Turkey uh, Russell's Reserve because Russell's Reserve is a little bit higher age. And if they left it up there in that heat for that amount of time, it would no longer taste like the Russell's profile. And that's why Russell's Reserve comes from those middle tiers. Number seven, 1792 distilled by Barton 1792 Distillery. There are three lines that I frequently purchase. I like the small batch, which is $27.99 in my market, and it is proofed at 93.7 proof. Uh, they have a bottle and bond version, which is $34.99 at 100 proof, and a full proof version, which basically that's not a cash strength. It means that they lower the proof back down to the original barrel entry proof, which is 125 proof. That is $44.99 and uh, as mentioned, 125 proof. So profile on this, no question, all day, every day, cherry and banana runts. Okay, I get banana runts or banana Laffy Taffy with cherry on all 1792 products. Uh, factoid, 1792 is the year that Kentucky joined the United States as a state. Um, it was originally produced under the name 1792 Ridgewood Reserve and Woodford Reserve sued them and won and they had to change their name. Um, I couldn't figure out though why the small batch was 93.7 proof. Why the 0.7, right? And so I did all of this research and I Googled everything and as a last ditch effort, I texted the master distiller, Danny Kahn. Yes, I have his cell phone number. No, he doesn't call me at home. And he responded immediately and said, well, we like it in, in and around the 93 proof point range for flavor and the 0.7 is just for fun. And I'm not joking. <laughs> He's like, we just threw it on there as a joke. I was like, oh, well, no wonder I can't find anything on the internet. So little fun fact toyed about 1792 and a great bottle. Number eight. Knob Creek, the one that got you guys so upset on the crowdsource top 10 list. And I understand because I'm a huge Knob Creek fan. It is made by Jim Beam Distillery. They have several lines that I purchased. This one took the longest to do the research because of all the different lines, but there's the regular Knob Creek because they did drop the age statement a few years ago. So there's just a Knob Creek, it's non-age stated, $26.99, 100 proof. But now they've brought the age statement back and it is a nine year age stated product for $34.99 and it is 100 proof. The flavor profile for me on Knob Creek is cherry and peanut butter. It's like a, a nutty flavor, but it's a little bit sweeter with enough extra vanilla and caramel to make it almost like a peanut butter flavor. Um, factoids for Knob Creek. Uh, there is actually a Knob Creek in Kentucky and it is rumored that that creek ran through Abraham Lincoln's family's property and that he used to refer to that property as the Knob Creek place 
unsubstantiated, but kind of interesting. Uh, the first use of the name Knob Creek uh, associated with bourbon was in 1898, uh, National Distillers uh, transferred the name to Jim Beam when they purchased National Distillers in 1992 and they resurrected this amazing product. Number nine, Four Roses. It is made by Four Roses Distillery. The lines that I like are the small batch, which is 32.99 and 90 proof, the small batch select, which is 56.99 and 104 proof, uh, the single barrel, which is 43.99 and 100 proof, and then they have the single barrel uh, barrel strength, which is what's featured here today, and that one is 69.99. It's usually in the low 130s, um, but you know it varies because it is a cash strength. Uh, the profile for me is fruity, floral, often tasting of smoked cherry pie. Um, if I get smoked cherries, boom, I know I'm messing with the Four Roses. Factoids, Four Roses Distillery was one of six that had a medicinal permit. Uh, so they operated straight through prohibition and uh, they've been producing whiskey since 1884. Uh, they have two different grain combinations, what we call a mash bill, one that has 20% uh, rye and one that has 35% rye. Uh, which are both pretty high rye content compared to Kentucky bourbon standards. Uh, but they call one the low rye and the other the high rye. And they have five different yeast strains, which means they have 10 separate recipes to produce these beautiful whiskeys. And last, but certainly not least, Jack Daniels Barrel Proof. Now, I know some of you are losing your minds because this is a top 10 bourbon list. And many of you right now are screaming, hey, Jack Daniels isn't bourbon, it's Tennessee whiskey. Well, hey, guess what? You're wrong. And I'm gonna tell you why. So first off, some of you are mad because I didn't include Woodford. And I had Woodford on the original list and I bumped it in favor of Jack Daniels for a number of reasons. First of all, I buy Jack Daniels Barrel Proof way more often than I buy regular Woodford Reserve. When I drink Woodford, I'm usually at a bar or a restaurant and that's what they have to drink. And it's solid whiskey and I love it. But I typically don't buy it for the house. And this is my top 10 list. The other reason why I bumped it is because Woodford and Old Forester and Jack Daniels are all owned by Brown Foreman. And they all have a pretty similar Banana Foster's uh, flavor profile. And Woodford Reserve and Old Forester have the exact same mash bill. And since I already had Old Forester on here, and I kind of wanted to poke fun at the people who say that Jack Daniels is not bourbon, I decided to throw this in here. So, you know, get upset if you want to, um, or you can just go and Google and you'll see that Jeff Arnett, former master distiller says that it's bourbon. I have pictures of bottles that were shipped overseas that say that it's bourbon. Or you can just watch my interview with the assistant head distiller where she says that it's bourbon. Um, I think that one's called the Lincoln County process. So uh, moving right along, uh, Jack Daniels is absolutely bourbon. Uh, it is produced by the Jack Daniels distillery. Uh, the only expression that I frequently purchase is the barrel proof version. It's one of the more expensive ones on the list at $59.99. Uh, the proof varies because it is barrel proof, but it's usually in the 130s. Every so often we'll get a hazmat above 140. Those can't be put on planes. And there was just a release of some of those and everyone's very excited about them. And I hope I get to try one. Um, some factoids about Jack Daniels is that Jack Daniels' father died in the Civil War. And that may be the reason why there's this big argument about whether or not Jack Daniels is Tennessee whiskey, because Jack Daniels' father died fighting for the South. Kentucky ended up fighting 
um, switching sides during the Civil War. They never officially were on the one side or the other, but they fought for the North. And that created a lot of enmity between Kentucky and Tennessee, being that they border one another. And people in Tennessee hated Kentucky and after the war probably didn't want to be associated with the spirit that was made in the state that they hated. So that's probably the reason why they spent so much time trying to convince people that they're not bourbon. Um, also, Jack Daniel's mother died in Scotland before they immigrated to the United States. And when his dad died, he didn't get along with his stepmother. So he left home, found a Baptist minister, offered to work on his, his plantation, and he went to work as a distillery assistant at six years old. Um, and then later on in life, after he was successful and started his distillery, he had a huge temper, uh, which is ironic because he was very short. Some people estimate that he was not even five foot tall. And um, he lost it one day because he couldn't get into his safe. He kicked the safe, broke his toe, got a blood infection, and literally died from throwing a fit and kicking his safe. So that is my top 10 lists. And if this is your first time watching the show, I want to welcome you and thank you for the view and also let you know that this channel is about using the power of whiskey to bring people together so that they can feel connected and know that they're loved. And that's something that's important to me because I lost a loved one to suicide. And after my brother took his life, I started to look for ways to make sure that no one had to feel the way that he felt when he made that decision. And that led me to this podcast and trying to educate you to love whiskey so that you'll get connected to other people. And as I've gone through this journey, I've gotten more and more involved in social media and interacting with other people. And that's revealed to me that sometimes people can be ugly to one another online. And I don't like that. But it did make me realize that if someone can be ugly to someone that they don't know online, it's just as easy for me to love that person. And that's why I end every show with the same sign off. And that's this. If you woke up this morning and you were unsure whether or not anyone loved you, just know that I love you. And I'll see you next time on Bourbon Real Talk. Who doesn't love a good... How am I tripping over the first word, bro? Come on. Do you know why? No whiskey yet. I'm not loose. I need to get loose. It's too early though. All right, ready? Yeah. All right. Who doesn't love a good top 10 list? Well, what the fuck did I say after that? Sound well.